0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: It's Kano Sego, Ani, Bojo, Kwei Tansi, and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. My guest on the line with us is Carolyn Swinson. She is the Mad Canada Toronto spokesperson, and it's a pleasure to have her join us on the line today. Carolyn, welcome to Moment of Truth
2: thank you and good morning uh
1: you know it says toronto spokesperson what does that actually mean
2: uh well there's there are only certain people who are allowed to speak to the press from that um because it's you know some of the issues that we deal with are really complicated and so um so there are uh several of us that you know that are um, have been around long enough that know all the ins and outs <laughs> and know the laws and what have you. So, uh, I'm I'm one of those people, and I'm also I'm also director of victim services with the Toronto chapter as well. So, I do victim support with uh, with with many victims.
1: Okay. So, and how long have you been with Mad?
2: Uh, over 20 over 25 years.
1: Wow, congratulations. And of course, uh, we're speaking about MADA, uh, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving, is the original name. I guess it's still the same name and, and acronym that's associated with it?
2: Yes, it is. Originally, in the 1980s, there was a group locally that was called Pride, People to Reduce Impaired Driving Everywhere. And uh, then in, 19, uh, in 1990, they... Uh, they, be, you know, that group uh, applied to Med US, uh and became uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving Canada.
1: Mm. And so um, you have uh, the Red Ribbon campaign that's ongoing. I've seen the ads.
2: Yes, that, that's a campaign that we have. This year, well, it's actually the Red Ribbon Campaign has been going longer than MAD was, was here. Yeah. Uh, but the Red Ribbon Campaign runs from the beginning of November to the beginning of January. Um, it's uh, it's a campaign that uh, we've done for, thir- this is the 32nd year. And uh, the reason that we do it at this time of year, because we know that it's a time when lots of people are going out to parties to celebrations for the holiday season and so we're, it's a reminder to do two things one it's to drive safe and sober and the other thing too is it's a tribute to the many victims who've been either who've lost their lives or have been injured in impaired driving crashes
1: mm. Has has the the now you say it's been around for over twenty five years in in Canada, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering what what have you guys noticed over the years? How have things changed in terms of impaired driving? Has there been an improvement? Has Mad Canada and and Mad uh, made made changes or made an impact?
2: Um, it has. Uh, it's- it certainly has. I mean, through the 1980s, the numbers of uh, deaths and injuries in impaired driving were were extremely high, way higher than they are today. And so they've gra- gradually gone down over the years. But the last few years, they've been pretty steady. And uh, sadly, we we have four people who are killed um, every day in Canada and mm-hmm. about 165 people injured. And so, um, you know... Um, Sadly, we ha- There are still things that we need to do to keep going, and um, one of the things that did make a big difference. There's a couple of things that made a difference in the in the reduction of deaths and injuries on the roads. One of those was making seatbelts mandatory, but one of the other things was the introduction of the Red Ribbon campaign, and that campaign is is. Um, noted as being one of the things that did reduce the number of deaths and injuries on the roads.
1: Now, of course, as you mentioned, uh, it's about uh, it's about helping to reduce uh, impaired driving, but it's also paying tribute to the victims. And uh, w- what you ask people to do is is place ribbons on people, on things, and and in different areas.
2: Yes. Well, we used to be on the antenna of a car, but nowadays uh, many cars, you know, a lot of cars don't have antennas anymore, so um, my my red ribbon is always on my car keys, because Mm. I take my car keys out, and uh, that red ribbon is always there, and so now we tell people to, you know, tie the red ribbon to the car keys, to the backpacks, to the purses, anywhere that it... Uh, it's visible, and it, and it's a reminder to them.
1: And where do, where can people get hold of the ribbons?
2: The ribbons will be available either through Mad Canada or Mad Toronto. They go to the websites. Um, they are available. Um, at, they will be available at the LCBO mm. uh, with the boxes. Uh, they're available at all police stations and uh, and all state offices
1: and and you mentioned Toronto, but of course it, this is a national campaign yeah it's
2: a national campaign right. so, so yeah you can go on www.mad.ca dot yes. to find out more information
1: right, and that is m a d d just for those uh yes. people that want to go there and find that out so um now uh, you can, you are also looking for people to make donations to uh, mad you're always looking for donations. Um, can you tell us something about how Mad is set up and and how that operates, and and, and why why uh, donations are important to you?
2: Well, most <clears throat> most of the the donations that we have, we actually are a very small organization. People and tis, people think that um, you know because Mad is very noticeable as a name. Uh, you ask people, most people know mm-hmm. who who we are, but um, we actually have a very small staff and. Uh, I think we're less than thirty nationally um and half of those staff are the young people who go out with our educational programs that go into school so so the money that we the money that um the the donations that they go to they go to produce educational programs um we have um we have three three programs for for youth. Uh, one of them is um, is uh, is a school assembly program, which goes into the high schools. Um, we've been fortunate, in the LCBO has asked people to provide a donation, um, you know, when they're buying something, and that money has gone to produce that. It's a powerful um, it's a powerful 40 minute presentation the first half of the presentation will be a, a scenario where there will be a crash with an impaired driver and it will show the consequence the consequences of that or maybe another scenario such as um you know people putting themselves at risk with, with alcohol and then the second half of that presentation is is always three victims who tell their own personal stories and it's the victims that tell their own personal stories is the one thing that people remember. So that program is goes nationally, it goes to all the high schools in Ontario. Um, we also have a program called Weed Out the Risk which is uh, an educational program specifically to deal with the effects of cannabis and the you know and how that affects your brain and 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 everything else and in Ontario, just in Ontario and Saskatchewan, we have two RVs that have been equipped out, as, equipped as most mobile classrooms. It's a Smart Wheels program, and we hope this will go across the country eventually. But it's a it's a it's a a mobile classroom They take to an elementary school and take as many kids through it. Um, it's an amazing setup. They have screens across one side. Uh, this virtual reality that they have iPads and it's really interactive, and that's for elementary school kids. So, um, so that's most you know that is where most of the uh, most of the money that we spend goes to, and the other side of Mad because Mad's mission statement is to stop impaired driving, and to support the victims. And so every year um next year it will be the end of may uh we have a victims uh a victims conference and we will bring in 250 to 300 victims from across the country for a weekend um they they stay at the uh, Bank of Montreal's Institute for Learning um they everybody stays there for the weekend um they have workshops they have um they have all kind of different places that people can learn about all the aspects of, you know, what you have to deal with. Maybe it's maybe it's the criminal law, maybe it's civil law. And they also have people there who do relaxation, they do massage um and and things just for healing. And then on this Saturday evening, uh, there is a candlelight vigil. Mm.
1: <clears throat> um that sounds wonderful, and you know, I guess uh, I guess that, that Mad has a very good relationship uh, right across the country with with police services and paramedics and and all of our emergency services. I'm, I'm sure they're very uh, glad to have Mad around. Absolutely,
2: and uh, we do. We have a really um, we have it's it's important because we're all partners in this. I mean, everybody has. Has a part to play in getting the message out that it's just not accept- acceptable to take uh, to drink or to take drugs and, and then get behind the wheel of a car, and uh, and so um, it's it, we we all work together and we're all on the same page and doing what we can to stop it. Um, often um, in the in Toronto. Um, when the police go out on the ride spot checks, um, we have volunteers who will go out with with the police on those ride spot checks, and they will hand out information um, about. Uh, they they will be handing out red ribbons too, and some information about about not drinking and driving, and just thank the people who are thank the people who are driving sober, and thank them for doing that. And and um, occasionally in the next few. We have a a time when we have a memorial ride and we shall be doing one of those in the next few weeks uh, when we have victims who go out with the police and each one of the victims has a card that's made up with a picture of that victim and some information about them. And we will be giving those out to the drivers as they they go through their ride spot check.
1: Uh, i I can well imagine that um what Matt has to go through to uh, get the releases for allowing the victims to be shared in that in that way that's uh i mean that's very uh that that's a a very difficult thing i would imagine for the family but also that it it's very um giving in terms of them being able to share that so that they can help others.
2: You know, it's an it's an interesting thing. Um, you know, I, I've spoken to many different groups, and I I speak to a, a program at St. Mike's usually on Fridays during the school year, which they take high schools through, and I tell my personal story. Uh, at That and and it's and it's difficult, and it's difficult for all the victims, but the. It, it's it's an it's also an odd thing but it's also com- it's also helpful to us it's um it's mm-hmm. very difficult to go and tell that story but it it the people that do it find that it's cathartic for them it's helpful for them to be able to you know to be able to talk about a lot of people people don't want to listen to you as a victim people are okay with you after a certain time mm-hmm. and then after that they don't think you should be talking you know talking about it and it's uh, it's helpful for the victims in think in knowing that they are doing something uh, that um, you know that is helpful one of one of the program one of the programs that we have we actually speak to people who have been convicted of impaired driving mm. and we have three no actually four programs locally um, where on a, on a regular basis um, there, um, one is a, a missing you program and that's run through the courts and people have to attend. We have a f- special video f- specifically that to show to offenders and then they have victim speakers and then the other one is springboard and every six weeks on a Sunday lunchtime we have victims that go to speak to groups of people who are repeat offenders.
1: Mm. I'd just like to jump in and let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Carolyn Swinson. She is the director of victim services and the uh, Toronto spokesperson for Mad Canada. Uh, welcome again to the show. And we were just uh, talking about uh, about the victims uh, of, of uh, some impaired drivers and those messages that to get shared and how important that is. To uh, not only for, for people to hear those, but also for the people uh, to, to share them. Um, uh, Caroline, I'd like to, uh, to ask you about the areas that Mad Canada works on in the mission that the, and the number of kind of fronts. I know you work with victims and survivors, you work with youth, uh, pub, work with, pu- yeah. public awareness and education. Uh, public policy. Now, the, the, this last one, I think, is very interesting. And I'm, I'm sure that Matt is, is very uh, involved or, or tries to be as much as involved with this. And that is technology and how to try to prevent future, uh, uh, try to improve those, those ways of eliminating impaired driving
2: well I'd, you know when when I, when we look at the statistics i mean we were at the red Ripon launch that we had in Toronto, the police chief said that there were nine hundred people so far this year that have been charged with impaired driving in in Toronto. and if you look at the province as a whole, it's usually about thirteen thousand people each year which is which is absolutely ridiculous mm. and um it 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 bothers me um on two levels one. It it endangers people's lives and and you know it kills people and it injures people so that their whole lives may be affected forever and it's the costs and I just I don't understand um, if you it, just going out um, with with an impaired driving charge and and if you decide to plead not guilty and then go to court or you, you're looking at probably a cost of twenty thousand dollars by the time you've gone through that process, and and I don't think there's anybody out there that could find a better use for that money than not getting behind the wheel of a car after you've been drinking or taking drugs. I mean, to me, it just it's just mind boggling. Mm. But the um, so I think um, with all the education that we do and all the public awareness. There are still that many, you know, there are still those many people who still continue to do it. And so I think until we get to the point where the cars have the technology in them, uh, which the car won't start unless the person is sober, uh, you know, uh, sadly it may mean that we have to get to that point before we completely uh, stop people from doing good. That te- technology is there, and it should be within the next few years. We hope that that will be available. Mm.
1: Um, how how concerned was were were your colleagues at Mad when the cannabis became legalized? Was there was there was that a flag, or you know how how did you guys look at that?
2: How did we look at? It? We've um, we changed our we changed our wording. Um, it's mothers against drunk driving, but whenever we are discussing anything or if I'm speaking to anybody, we use the word impaired, mm. and we've changed that deliberately so that um, we will. You know, you talk about people who drive impaired, meaning either by alcohol or drug. Um, it's a big concern to us because we know that um, that. Um, there are still people who have, there are still a lot of myths about cannabis. I mean, you still hear people to this day to, to say, well, I'm a better driver if I've been smoking. And they understand the risks of driving under the influence of alcohol, but not so much, um, not so much cannabis. So we have, um, we've, we're aware of that. Um, we've Produce PSA specifically for that. Um, the weed out the risk program is specifically to deal with young people and educating young people about the risks, uh, risks of uh, of cannabis. And the other thing that we were involved in was the legislation with the federal government. So Bill C46 that came into effect last year, the, in October of last year. Uh, Bill C-46, we were instrumental in pretty well everything that is in that bill, which um, the bill um, gives, uh, it's there for the testing, to approve the tests that there are for driving under the influence of uh, marijuana, cannabis. Um, and so those, there are two tests currently that are approved for that. So it gave the wherewithal to have those tests approved. It gave the police the powers to administer the tests, and it also set out the, the limits. Um, for instance, there are limits, the legal limits for driving under the influence of alcohol. There are now the similar limits for driving under the influence of cannabis. And in that bill it also included mandatory alcohol screening, which is something that we have been asking for a long for a long time. Um but there are still there are still difficulties with the difference between um charging somebody who's driving un under, under the influence of alcohol and cannabis. Mm.
1: Um Caroline, I'm. I'm wondering. Um, you, you spoke about myths, and I'm wondering uh, what are some of the myths that are still surrounding Mad Canada? Are there are there things that people misunderstand about yeah. Mad Canada?
2: There certainly are. Um, uh, uh, the the usual one that uh, the usual the one that I deal with is that that we're all mothers and like mm-hmm. militant mothers, and we're not. We're um, it's a it's a very mixed group. Um, because victims of impaired driving come from all walks of life, There's you know this doesn't pick and choose who the victims are, and, but we're we're we have uh, it's a mixture of people who are not just victims, but there are many concerned citizens who uh, who also recognize the dangers of uh, the dangers of driving impaired and the other one is the the other one that um really frustrates me is that we're a prohibitionist organization mm-hmm. and that's something that um that many people have uh, and I and I, I do hear it a lot but the people who like to to say that we're prohibitionists because it looks as though we're against everything um that is not against people drinking we're not you know are taking drugs um Uh, if if you want to do that, it's your own business, but what we are against is we think that, that you, you know, that everybody has a right to be on the road, uh, and be safe from people who are driving impaired. So, um, if you want to drink, then it's your own business, but we consider that if once you do that and then get behind the wheel of a car, then it's everybody's business.
1: Mm. Yes.
2: Yes. we're not against drinking. I drink, I mm-hmm. not a lot. I have an educational glass of wine, but
1: right, just not behind the wheel is what you're saying. Absolutely, yes. yeah, it makes yeah. all the sense in the world. And uh, let's hope that people get that message uh, specifically this year, as we, as you say, head into the holiday season, where there seems to be more of that kind of thing going on, and people are participating more uh, in in drinking and and partying and those kind of things. Um, Caroline, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really want to thank you for coming on and, and speaking with You're us. Welcome.
2: Thank you, and I hope, you know, my wish that everybody has a safe and sober holiday season, and and uh, we want everybody to be able to, you know, enjoy the season, but be smart about it.
1: All right, nicely said. Thank you once again. You. That's thank Caroline Swinson. She is the Toronto spokesperson for Mad Canada. She's also the director of victim services. And she's been speaking with us on the line about Mad Canada as we get into this holiday season and uh, want people to uh, stay sober behind the wheel. And that means no alcohol, no drugs, and no victims, as it says right underneath the name of MADD. And if you want to find out more or donate, you can uh, contact them at MADD.ca. Thanks once again to her for joining us. And uh, don't go away. We will be right back here on Element FM and Moment of Truth right after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Ottawa and Toronto. I have uh, someone on the line from Attawapiskat. Now, they're not from Attawapiskat, but they are in Attawapiskat. Gary Peshker is from Oakville, Ontario, but he's a Hockey Cares representative, and he is there with some youth who have uh, gone up to Attawapiskat for about five days um, to not only see the community of Attawapiskat, but there they have this exchange program where they take kids uh, from that down to Oakville and vice versa, and they're up there right now. Been there for a few days. Gary, it's, uh, I'm glad you were able to call in. How are you doing?
0: Very well, David. Nice to talk to you.
1: So what can you tell us about how the trip's been going so far?
0: Well, uh, I'll tell you, there's been a, a lot of events, uh, and the community is, is incredibly welcoming. We're very humbled. Um, we've uh, had uh, a lot of time to to meet people, to to learn about about uh, the community, the history, the culture, and, of course, play a lot of hockey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, how is the weather?
0: Well, it's frigid. Um, it's been upwards of around uh, minus, uh, I guess, on the warm end, about minus 16. Mm. Um, and then uh, we've had some pretty uh, cold nights right now. Snow is falling. There really isn't that much snow on the ground, but that's... Um, uh, I understand there's been some snow down south, but I, I think uh, we've got you beaten up with
1: the cold. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, listen, uh, how have the youth been doing? Um, I know that uh, this is, I think, the third year that kids have been going right. up there. Um, how many kids traveled up there this time?
0: Well, we brought more kids than we ever, ever have in the past. Uh, we have 22 kids here and four uh, four chaperones.
1: Wow, that's great. Um,
0: yeah, and these, these kids they, they range from all different levels of hockey within uh the Oakville programs there. We have uh um five girls uh from the Oakville Hornets organization. Uh so they vary from you know house league and rep and the same thing with the boys, all different levels, but uh, they're all uh phantom hockey age, meaning they're fourteen and fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, no, I know that in previous years uh, the the, uh, the parents and the, and the people that have traveled up there with the youth, and I'm guessing the youth as well, have always been impressed with the talent they see up there.
0: Well, they have a lot of time to play hockey. And uh, <laughs> we actually, uh, now this this being the third year, David, we uh, we have like a Hockey Cares Old Timers League. So kids who participated <laughs> in the first two years uh, have come out and uh, played some of our ambassadors. Uh, so we have brought some Uh, Kids from last year, a total of uh, four of them, who
1: uh,
0: actually, sorry, five, who have participated in previous years. And uh, the reason why we've done that is because, um, well, they've made such strong bonds and connections. And and, uh, so really, a lot of this is not just about um, a one-time exchange. We're trying to, uh, and we have successfully created some longer-term Um, bonds uh, with the kids. They like to keep in touch with each other Um, and uh, even kids from year one are still very close with the with the kids who they've gotten to know over the program. Um, Likewise, uh, us as adults, you know, uh, have made some deep friendships with uh, members of the community up here and it's just uh, really great to see everybody again.
1: Yeah, how's uh, Steve Katakapik doing up there?
0: Well, as you know, he is uh, a pillar both mm-hmm. in the community and also within Hockey Cares as being, uh, you know, one of the primary founding leaders of, of our little organization. Uh, he's doing very well. He's working today at the, uh, at, um, at Elementary School. Actually, today we, we popped in and took a, a tour of, uh, at, uh, Elementary School, uh, brief tour and also, um, learned a little bit about, um, Shannon's dream.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, incidentally, right now in the other room, um, Shannon's father, Andrew, who's also a a council member here in the community, is uh, just going over Shannon's story with our kids. So today's a lot about uh, less hockey, more about learning and and uh,
1: and and,
0: uh, yeah, learning more about the community.
1: And and of course, that's a big part of this uh, this whole exchange. Absolutely,
0: Um, really, uh, as you know, hockey is just the catalyst
1: for us. It's uh,
0: um, hockey is uh, is is a way to. For the kids to break down their barriers, and then, but our real focus is creating mentorships, and also uh, letting uh, reconciliation for uh, kids to learn more about each other and their in the communities and their cultures. Um, and it's amazing every year, you know, for when the first kids first meet in the uh, uh, the first part of the exchange in Oakville. Um, they don't really talk to each other too much, uh, but as soon as they hit the ice and they're and again they're uh, they're not playing against each other, they're playing in amalgamated teams. Um, a lot of those uh, barriers and uh, some of that shyness just just melts away very quickly. Um, uh, another big part of it is we we can always take um, tours uh, or we learn about educational opportunities post secondary uh, in in uh, the Oakville area when they're down. And learn about um, you know what their options are. As you know, we've uh, we've um, we've partnered with different institutions uh, in Ontario. Uh, we've taken uh, with Mohawk uh, Trades College. We've uh, took a great tour last year. Um, we, we took a tour again of Sheridan this year, and actually uh, Laurier University, uh, with some help from um, some of their people, actually actually put together a, a little uh, two day program not not full days, just half, two half-day programs this year uh, down in Oakville um, just to learn uh, more about what, what, what supports are available for, for members of the northern community uh, if they were to want to pursue post-secondary education uh, anywhere they want. So, yeah, again, hockey is just, hockey's just the, the catalyst, uh, but it's a big part of the fun.
1: And it is such a wonderful way to get those kids, uh, like you said, not, not only sharing and doing something they, they all know and are familiar with, but because the game hockey, of hockey itself is such a familiar uh, uh, form, because uh, they know the players uh, you know, in the NHL, they know the professional players, so it gives them something, uh, uh, a common ground for them to talk and exchange uh, uh, topics on
0: yes absolutely and and that's uh i guess the, the first area is the first area where um where you know they have a shared passion and uh you see it when you come to the rink here um the the, the whole community comes out to watch the games and uh the kids you know they they uh, they immediately start sort of chiding each other chiding each other about their favorite teams and and things like that um, but uh it's always a pleasure to to see those bonds come together especially uh especially you know
1: on the ice and off the ice. Mm-hmm. Now, something you mentioned earlier uh, about the, you know, it's a cultural exchange as well. You go up there, you get exposed to, to see some of the culture uh, that the Attawapuscat community has to offer and see and learn about that community. And, and not only the culture, but the trials that they have, the, the, the difficulties that they are facing as well in a, in a remote community like that.
0: It is uh, well i mean you you're absolutely right and I could give you just a, a brief list. I, I couldn't even cover everything we but this is uh, uh day four of our our five day uh trip here, and um, in one way, we've been very spoiled. you know the community is, has uh, opened their arms to us it's It really is quite honestly overwhelming. Hmm. Um, we've been to uh, three separate families camps uh, outside of town on the Atttawapascat river uh experienced um, in, and have been hosted within their TV's. Um, we've, uh, had, I think probably four different opportunities now, um, in, uh, you know, both in town and outside of town to, um, to learn about, uh, culture, to see, um, you know, how, how people used to live, how they live currently, uh, how they hunt. Uh, we saw moose being smoked, uh, one camp, um, our kids got involved in, uh, butchering some, uh, some geese. Um, you know, there's so many things I I, uh, I could. I, it would take me a while to write, write to rhyme them all off, David. Um, but in every area, everyone is just so incredibly warm and giving. Uh, we really do feel, um, you know, part of the community. It's uh, it's really something. Uh,
1: have you seen um, you know kids that that uh, know that you guys are coming up every year from Attawapiskat? Um have you seen uh, interest from from the community kids that haven't uh, been involved with hockey that that show an interest in in maybe wanting to try and get down to uh, to the south or, or to Oakville uh, with the, with the group when they travel?
0: Well, I wouldn't say uh that we've talked to them enough that they've um expressed a, an interest to come south. Um but you know, th- what we do is we have a bit of an open door policy, uh, especially here at the, uh, Ottawa buscat youth center where we, where, um, you know, kids are welcome to come and, uh, just come in and, and, uh, have a hot chocolate and, and, uh, you know, mix and play with our, or even just hang out with our youth mm. from Oakville. Mm. And, uh, the glue, the glue is really the kids. They already know kids who know kids from Oakville, just mm. who have been involved in the program or have been exposed to it in the past. Um, so, uh, you know, that's how, the, how we're making uh, more of the connection with the youth mm.
1: here. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier also Shannon's Dream and uh, the school. And if people want to find out more, that's a story that is online. And it's, uh, it, it's a bit of a tragic story, but it also has uh, this, this, it's produced this wonderful school that is there in the community now, this beautiful new, new facility. Uh, So if people want to find out more, they can go to Shannon's stream. look that up online, and they can find out more about uh, Shannon and uh, how she played an important part uh, in helping that happen. Unfortunately, uh, she she died in a a tragic uh, car accident, I believe, when she was trying to uh, improve her own education, uh, secondary education, post-secondary education.
0: Yes, she was uh, at a very young age, at 13, she lobbied um, the federal government and went to Ottawa, I believe, to... um, to do that lobbying to say you know we need a new school because uh, I think uh, as Steve Kataklopit had mentioned and please don't quote me on this I think they after their uh, original school became um, uh, uninhabitable it was just uh, because mm-hmm. of mold etc. They they uh, the, everything was done out of portables for many years and uh, so Shannon lobbied to to uh, build a new school. Unfortunately, she didn't live to see the new school but it really is beautiful we were just there this morning
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and there's it's a source of great pride within the community
1: another source of great pride is of course uh someone and i'm wondering if he's been around uh this week i think his name came up uh adrian sutherland from midnight shine who is uh from Absolutely. from atawap as well and he's a big big hockey player
0: he is well uh we've been uh i'll, I'll tell you uh he uh, actually had us to his place to his TV, and played some music for us nice. and um, uh, two days ago, I think it was on Friday, uh, he came out and helped run one of our, our skills in drills practice, which is where we put all the kids on the ice and we, uh, we just that 's how we try to pick in, out in level teams uh, he's uh, He's quite an inspirational uh, individual, and you know I was already a fan mm. um, so that was uh, that was a pretty special experience he 's such a down to earth guy, and uh, I talked talk to him quite a bit. He's he's pretty busy with uh, trying to balance his life with family and music and his uh, his life in the community
1: here. Yeah, absolutely. But,
0: uh, he he really is uh, he really is a, a, a special and you know I should say uh, an incredible individual. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he keeps he's working with a lot of big artists now, and he's uh, you know keeps his humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I got actually uh, I have to just uh i actually saw him at the walk for Wenjack jack and i talked to him briefly It was kind of funny because he's such a down-to-earth guy but about two minutes into our conversation his manager stuck her, her shoulder <laughs> in and said i'm sorry mr sutherland has uh, a schedule <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's kind of funny you know uh you know uh sitting on um on the bench listen to him play guitar in his uh, in his own TV. one day mm-hmm. and the next day he's being shuttled around like a rock star <laughs> in toronto
1: Yeah, that's right uh, listen gary uh, listen you said you it's, it's uh, tomorrow's your last day what time do you head out
0: i think our flight leaves around noon uh somewhere around there so we fly into timmins and then we get a connecting flight uh on back to toronto
1: oh do you fly direct to, to timmins or is it the milk run
0: um, well, we have enough people this year that we've uh, we charted a, actually a full plane. So, oh, nice. Uh, we were able to do that, so it is, it is direct. So it doesn't go by uh, Port Albany or
1: Saskatchewan. Right. Uh, right. Um, well, listen, do you think we'll be able to touch base uh, tomorrow morning just before you guys head back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that would be great. Maybe we could uh, get a comment from, uh, you know, someone from Attawapiskat, one of the kids, or maybe one of the youth from Oakville, just before you guys head back.
0: Sure, I'll see what I can arrange.
1: Okay, that would be great, and I'll, uh, I'll text you, and maybe we'll set that up, and hopefully we can get your last update uh, coming back to, uh, to let people know what's going on.
0: Fantastic. Thanks very much, David. Oh. That's, uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thank you, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to call in. Okay. Thanks All right. you very much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. It's Gary Pesher, he's from Oakville, and he is up in Attawapiskat. He called in. He's part of the Hockey Cares organization that has an exchange program. They take kids from Oakville up to Attawapiskat, and they bring kids, youth, down from Attawapiskat to Oakville as an exchange program. They've been doing it for three years, and as you heard him say, this is the biggest year yet, so congratulations to Hockey Cares, and also want to thank Gary for calling in. We're just going to take a short break, but we will be right back here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. Don't go away. And welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. And you can also be listening on the Radio Player Canada app if you have downloaded that app and type in ELMNTFM and also 106.5 or 95.7. You can listen on your choice of either Ottawa or Toronto, anywhere across the country. I'd like to welcome our next guest to the show, Jennifer Harper. She is Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics, Inc. founder and CEO. It is a pleasure to have her back on the program. Jennifer, welcome.
3: Thanks for having me, and thanks for having me back.
1: Uh, Yeah, listen, so it's been a while since we've spoken. Uh, I know that you've uh, been pushing hard with your business, and I think that you... uh, if I'm not mistaken, you had a had a TV uh, appearance.
3: Yeah, in September we were uh, appeared on the season premiere of CBC's hit show Dragons Den, which was really exciting.
1: Yeah, and what was the process like to, to to get through there and get on there?
3: So, if you ever, if um, I know, it's a lot of people don't pay attention to that sort of thing, but what they do to find, I guess, contestants or businesses for this show is they travel around Canada, um, usually in the spring, so it was my third time trying out last March, which mm. was March 2019, but I had, uh, I went to an audition in 2017 in March, and then I went to another audition in 2018 in March, and, um, then in March 2019, I went to the audition that they had in Hamilton. The first time I went to the one in Niagara Falls. The second time was the one in Toronto. And then the last time was the one in Hamilton. And um looks like third time was a charm because <laughs> I was selected then to go on the show and face the dragon. So when you go into taping to face the dragon, you don't at that point even know if you'll be on the show either. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess it is it is television, so they want to definitely produce good TV. So... It turned out that they, they liked our pitch and, and, I guess, our interaction with the Dragons. So we, we got selected and then got a call in August that we were going to be on the season premiere, which I think was my um my next big request. Like, if anything was exciting was going to happen with Dragons, then it would be to be on the season premiere.
1: And and congratulations to you. And I, I watched that episode, and I have to say, it was very moving.
3: Oh, thank you. I... Uh... It definitely everyone says is it is how is how does it play out? Um but you're in speaking with them for approximately an hour mm. and then they edit it down to seven minutes. Shit. So um they I think you know, they did a great job editing. It's not I guess exactly how it, I guess it would would have mm. happened, but it, it I think they did a great job. Uh, working with their producers was incredible. Um they're really, really good people. So it was uh, it was a good experience all in all.
1: Now I have to say, from watching that, you sure had uh, a lot of support from them. Even though you you didn't get a deal and you turned down the offer that you were you were offered, um, you had a lot of support there. They they were really you really had them.
3: They they were super encouraging and super kind. Um, mm. And you know, it's it's a lot of money that I think people you don't realize what's at stake. Um, for them, I was trying to put myself in their position, and so they're meeting someone in 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 less than this hour. I guess to decide if you're going to invest in someone in their business, mm-hmm. um, you'd really have to, you know, um, I don't know. It would, that would be a tough decision either way. But they were so supportive, so encouraging, and I, you know, took that opportunity. I'm, I'm thinking never in my life will I have the chance to stand in front of six Canadian business icons, and whatever kind of feedback they want to give me or or um, criticism and I would take it as constructive. I could mm-hmm. take that and then move on and maybe make changes in the business if, if I felt it necessary. So it was a great... It, they were great. Ex- great, great, great. So
1: encouraging. And, and I have to say that that I think you did get some uh, good advice. And I would say that so they gave you some advice you didn't even ask for. They gave you some... Uh, they told you not to take the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some yeah, of the other players...
0: No.
3: Yeah, they were definitely uh, having me steer away from working with, with uh, Lord Gutz over there. <laughs> they well, did not it, want me to take that deal. It wasn't yeah. a very good deal at all, and, <laughs> and they were right.
1: You know, I, I'd have to say that I, I know some people uh, like the opportunity to get on Dragons Den because it gives, uh, it gives your business, obviously, some uh, 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 some, some airplay and some attention that you might not get otherwise. And uh, ha- and that leads to p- possibly potential other people coming forward and offering you deals.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it um you know it, it gives some credibility to your business. People know the show. Um, I've you know just different vendors that I'd been working with for the last few years. Um, started paying attention a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> and helping us out in terms of um helping us save some money around. Certain things, which was which was great, shipping being one of them. We work directly now with Canada Post, which was awesome, um, and they are strictly only do these kinds of deals with big volume customers. But they saw that we were had been growing um, in a in a nice trajectory over the last few years, so they um, have been a great partnership especially with the high cost of shipping in this country um, and into the United States where we do probably about, you know, 35% of our business. So Mm. that was huge. And then so many other things too. And I was really, really fortunate. Um, I shared with people that I had a term sheet from an indigenous investment firm in Vancouver, Raven Capital, um, before going into the den on that May uh, day. So I knew I had a, a much, much better offer mm. in my back pocket, so to speak. Right. So I knew right. I didn't have to make a deal in the den. Um, but it, it can be a challenge. Like people have said, you know, entrepreneurs sometimes take deals that are not very fair because you can become desperate. I mean, and yep. for all of us that are startups, capital is a huge resource. And especially when you're trying to scale and grow, you need that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially er- the early stages of business. It's not always about um, the money you're making, but it's the money you need in order to get where you need to be to be making money. So it's it is a journey, and um, I'm just I'm grateful for the this relationship that I now have with Raven Capital Partners out of out of the West Coast who um believed in our our vision for this brand and where we want to take it in terms of the sustainability model. Um, there's so many more options now when it comes to buying beauty products. So I always say the last few years for us has definitely been a test the market. People want our brand to exist. Um, we're just doing everything we can to make better products now. So in December, we'll launch our new line of sustainable lipsticks, <laughs> which we're so excited about. The packaging is biodegradable. Um, mm. The ingredients themselves are sustainable, leaving much, much less of an impact on the planet. So those are the steps that we're trying to take and why we needed the capital to grow. Um, when you go in into the uh, direction of Formulating and hiring scientists to help you make these incredibly new, innovative products—it costs a lot of money. So <laughs> that's where all of this capital is going at this time, and we're really, really excited. There's no excuse for us anymore not to try to make more sustainable, especially when it comes to consumer goods. There, were the beauty space is notoriously, yeah. um, I guess, wasteful and mm-hmm. produces a lot of plastic. And I just tried to come at that from a different angle. How can we make those changes? And we're doing it. And I'm. So, so excited I was just reading um, this week about a um, clothing designer in the west coast she's Canadian Iranian clothing designer and she is using an algae based living fabric that's capable of turning carbon dioxide into oxygen via photosynthesis and that's a fabric so wow, in wow. my mind when I read about stuff like that I'm like with opportunities in these in extremely innovative, brilliant people that are making um, those types of materials, of course, we can take that and translate. Any business can sort of take those ideas and see where you can implement them into your business to make better, more sustainable choices.
1: Yeah, wow, that's great. Um. Listen, you mentioned a few things there, and uh, what we haven't told anyone yet is about uh, cheekbone beauty cosmetics itself and the products that you make. I want to talk to you about that and the new ones that you have got coming up. But first of all, sure. I just just want to finish up with the with the dent and and because I think this is really interesting. Uh, from what what you saw out out there, I think that that the dragons were very impressed with the fact that you started the company with only five hundred dollars. <laughs> And, yes, and that you had uh had, had sales in excess of two hundred thousand dollars at that point. I, they were mm-hmm. very impressed with those numbers, I think.
3: Yeah, and it was interesting because even aside from how they edited it, I remember standing in the studio, and when I said two hundred thousand dollars, they were all quite
2: shocked. Yeah.
3: So as as have I been to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, while well, I did that while working full time, so mm. so many times people say, "Oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have enough money." I believe there are no excuses. You cannot you give go. me an excuse. I've worked. Eighty hours to 100 hours some weeks trying to build this, um, so it's completely possible. You can find the time. We just love to make excuses for ourselves as humans. Trust me, I've done it too, yeah. but um, but it is possible. And I, that's a question I've been asked actually a lot about. I've gotten some emails that were really negative mm. tones saying, as if you really started this with $500. Because you get um, a lot of keyboard warriors out there when they hear right. things that they don't quite believe. And, sure. and the fact is, yes, it was $500, you know. Mm. Uh, it's 29 USD to build the Shopify website mm. using all my own pictures, implemented that, purchase, purchased a small amount of inventory to get started, and then um, registered the business. And part of that used uh, 125 for an hour with a business advisory board to make sure that I was going in the right direction and had the right financial plan and business plan in place before I started anything. So it is absolutely p- possible to start a business with $500 dollars the only thing that stops people is is their own mind.
1: And the, of course the other thing that you have done with your business which the, the dragons were very impressed with and, and they actually was one of them actually stated something about we, should, we wish we saw more businesses like this and that is that you, you, have, you have a mission attached with, with what you do. You, you want to give back, you want to help others with what you do and uh, there is a very emotional point in your presentation where you actually break down. And uh, you were you weren't alone. The, the, some of the dragons broke down with you. Uh, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Um, <laughs> it, it do you want to share about you know what the company stands for and what you why are you different and how you're different?
3: Well, you know, if I go back to the you know that original dream, those little girls they were so happy, and and right now the unfortunate state of affairs in in Canada, North America's little native girls um, sometimes aren't so happy because of a lot of and me being I put I put myself in that place because I was one of those not so happy native little girls when when you grow up not believing um because of who you are and where you come from that you you don't deserve or might not be capable of achieving um anything in life because those are the messages that were coming coming at me as a child. So taking that and and flipping it and in that dream seeing them smiling and laughing that was like Okay this could be possible if those little girls could see themselves in a brand and hence a beauty brand it was lip gloss and that was sort of the, the beginning and then not only that realizing that um you know wanting to create this scholarship fund ultimately in my grandmother's name um just to honor i think her memory and her history and the the tragic fact that she um lived through the residential school system and then Our family, and I know many First Nations families, Inuit, Métis, have suffered the generational effects called transgenerational trauma that came from that situation. So trying to make a a positive um, out of a a very negative situation was ultimately the original idea and the purpose and is still the driving force behind everything that we do. And sadly, um, really um, bad was during the process of building this, I lost my brother to suicide in 2016. Mm -hmm. So I always say that, you know, as hard as this is and is so many days when you want to give up and throw in the towel. I'm like, okay, I can't. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Because um, his words to me um, way back when were, oh my goodness, I've never heard of a brand that had done this. And he said to him, in one of our conversations when I was telling him about building Cheekbone, he said "Oh, he used to be a a youth worker on um, our family's reservation in northwestern Ontario. And he said, Jen, these kids just need hope and they need help. Um, And so those, literally that statement when I'm having one of those days where I'm like, why am I doing this again and nobody's Mm. answering your emails or paying attention to you or sales are low. Um, It's his words that, Mm. it's it's, you know, our, our youth need hope and help and um, as much as I know I'm just one person and probably I'm not going to change the world, but I can at least try <laughs> to mm-hmm. to help one, one kid um, and I put myself in their situation. If one little girl or boy can see themselves in a brand um, just by having the same face um, shape and, and skin tones, then if that helps somebody in some shape or form, then I know what we're doing is a good thing.
1: Uh, you, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we have a few minutes left, but uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, in, and just in that regard, what you were just saying, uh, how you have taken this further by, you've named some of your products after some very inspirational women.
3: Yeah, that was, um, you know, you you think, talk um, about how are we going to show kids that um, maybe they can't find role models on their own and that, Warrior Woman Collection was literally designed as just a platform for them to pick and choose women from all different industries that are happen to be Indigenous, and hopefully they can relate to them and find some inspiration in them and see the strength in these women um, and the things that they have done or are doing with their lives um, in support of other people. And that's just a new, I think, a, a new message to young people that we can choose careers that, you know, are... Um, More about helping people versus, I think, um, instead of just, I think it's this selfish situation that we live in sometimes of doing everything just for ourselves and our own families. If we just think a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger picture um, and model ourselves after people that might be doing things in in support of other people instead of just doing things on our own. And these women are doing amazing work in in their communities and basically across, across the globe, right? And in terms of, having a role model. So it was for that very reason. We wanted our, our youth to have some role models and to see women that were doing great things.
1: Yeah. You and liked. there's
3: lots of men too. Like I mean now that we I have like a database because I <laughs> we get emails constantly. You should name one after this woman. And it is Like beyond encouraging, because there's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds. I think the last time I checked, there was like it was at two seventy six or something like that of names that we had from other people that had said you should name this after this person. So there's a many, 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 many indigenous people doing incredible work, um, and it's something that our youth should be proud of.
1: Jennifer, that's wonderful to hear. So it sounds like you're not going to run out of any uh, product names (laughs) uh, in the (laughs) near future, anyway. So, as it says uh, under uh, some of your, your products, do good, feel good, look good. Exactly. <laughs> Jennifer, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really want to thank you once again, and uh, congratulations on the success uh, that you're having, and, uh, and congratulations on all the things you're doing to give back and, and, and be a, a role model for younger women and, and uh, youth, indigenous youth.
3: Thank you so much thanks for having me again it's a
1: pleasure our pleasure and we look forward to speaking with you again that's jennifer harper she is a cheekbone beauty cosmetics incorporated founder and ceo She joined us on the line from her home i believe down in saint catherine's area been a pleasure having her on the show i want to thank everyone for listening and for our guests today please tune in next time here on element fm and moment of truth until then on I also want to say Nyawa, Migwech, Wanishi, and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy, and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa, Migwech, and thanks for listening.